on this episode of Quantum Week, May 18th through 24th, 2008. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about movies and music and headlines and stories. Uh, we are in the Patreon episode of the uh, last week, well, second last week in May 2008, talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall and I Feel It All by Feist. Right. Off the top, was there something? That- yeah, we have a, like a little bit of a, kind of a show, not, like a little I don't know, sneak peek, or, uh, I don't know, exclusivist. This sounds way too dramatic, but whatever. We're having our 100th uh, episode not the week, not the week coming up. Yeah, which is actually gonna be a fan week, um, right? Which is our first fan week, which is uh, 1986. We're or 1987. Sorry, 87, yeah. We're, uh, we've never hit 87 before, so we're hitting 87. We're hitting Spaceballs, uh, Predator, and I'm forgetting one. Oh yeah, there's a third. It's not. Um, what the hell is it? I've got it. Here, oh, sorry. Dragnet. Right. Uh, so that's what we're doing next week. But the week after is our hundredth. That Wednesday episode will be our hundredth episode. We don't count Patreon episodes as a tally, by the way. Yeah, um, but it'll be our hundredth episode, and we are going to do quantum year for that week. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back in time to a year we typically would well we would not hit. We couldn't hit. We couldn't hit. Yeah. And we're basically just going to spend that week talking about that year, which is kind of fun for us because it gives us a chance to a talk about stuff we didn't talk about, but it also gives us a whole year to kind of pick from. Yeah. So we can pick some like awesome kind of fun exciting movies to talk about and uh some fun exciting songs right so we're going to 1978 we're gonna do it in order so the first quant- you know hopefully every 100 episodes we can do this we can do 77 next yeah yeah so go, probably, go down probably like star wars right yeah we're in right. 78 for this one so we're gonna do uh superman yep. uh the movie with christopher Reeve, uh greece and animal house yep uh you're my birth the year, yeah. So Matt actually was alive that, that time. He, he, he might Part have a of it, personal September, story. Maybe. Uh, I won't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it, I think it'll be a fun uh, exercise. And uh, yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably have more announcements on that next week on the on the regular show. But, yeah, I haven't picked the songs yet, but uh, I'll think about that this week. Yeah. yeah. So quantum in two weeks, it'd be quantum year. But I just, uh, I'd like to get the Patreon people a little, if we have some heads up, fun yeah. to talk about. And that's fun. And hopefully some of you enjoyed the, uh, the, the face off uh, watch along last night. And I was, couldn't make it. I guess we're going to have that. Uh, hopefully, have the audio track up. Yep. So you can use it as like a commentary that. track. If you like bored one night, throw that on. Well, let's do it. Watch, watch the movie. Off. And it's free. The movie is still free on Hulu, Amazon Prime. There you go. So Hulu and Amazon Prime. I think every, almost everybody has Amazon Prime. Most people, yeah. Yeah, I know Hulu's kind of kind of random, but uh, a lot of people have the Amazon Prime. So. Yeah, you, you. But it was bundled. Hulu was bundled with Disney Plus, so sometimes people. Oh, really? Just, yeah, was it? it was. That's that's how I got it oh. originally. Um, it was like the. All right. It was the. It was the cheaper tier of Hulu, though, that, that you had the commercials, oh, yeah, with, which kind of sucked. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why I kind of abandoned it, because I'm like, I'm not watching commercials anymore. I'm too old for this so shit. Who got there kind of start with a lot of NBC programming. Now NBC has Peacock. Oh, right. So it kind of got to Hulu in the orchard a little bit. And actually, even some uh, HBO has stuff that used to be on Hulu, too. Yeah. Like I was and now they uh, Rick and Morty. Max. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what Hulu's doing anymore. Mm. We'll see. Uh, they have uh, Cheers, right? Oh, isn't... There was yeah they, they got cheers. So I guess there was a big pickup. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anything uh, else? Let's talk for against Sarah Marshall. Yes. Okay. So this is the second best comedy that we've covered. It's a very good movie. Um, and it's not the second best. Comedy yes, it is. It's, it blows the shit out of things like Billy Madison and other bullshit. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. There's no better. I don't think so. Ghostbusters is number one. I think you brought up an interesting debate. I might have to look this up here. You so should. I yeah, have that a crazy letterboxed app I've been using. 
So you think this, this is very okay? I, I, I really it, like this, this one. This is, I, 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 give, I give it a B plus. I would give it an A. I mean, I, an uh, A. Well, yeah, I give it an A. An A. Yeah, I give it an A. It has a, well, A minus, A minus. I mean, it's in that it's in that sphere. All right, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a very strong B plus. Okay, good. Uh, I don't think we're that far off. This right. is this is a this is very good, particularly for comp. This is very good. It's very good. good. Yeah. Um, you said it's the it's the best, second best besides Ghostbusters. That's definitely the best, hands down. But that's maybe the best comedy ever so here we are all right so what do i have for comedies we have i have ghostbusters our fifth best movie yeah beetlejuice is that a comedy i don't think so i don't think so kingpin's better than this it's not but but it's good i like kingpin a lot it's not as good is gross point blank a comedy it's sort of more this is more of a pure this is a pure comedy Uh, that's this is tough that's that's got a lot of drama elements too. And then I have hangover, but I know you don't like hangover. I don't mind it. I just, I think I gave it maybe like a B minus or something. It's not bad, but this is way, this is better. This is kind of a golden age of, uh, of comedy too. Well, if you like that style, that if you do, style, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's very good. Very I, good. Some of the appetite stuff. I don't, it's okay. It doesn't, I don't know if it, I say age. Well. I don't mean age. Well, and feel like I'm offended by it. Age well, and that just it kind of feels a little immature. This doesn't as much. No, it doesn't. And it's, a big reason is because you have a different writer. You know, you have Jason Siegel. You know, Apatow just produced this. You know, Siegel and Stoller are really the ones. Nicholas Stoller is the director. Right. Uh, he also had quite a bit to do with the screenplay as well. He Siegel got the lone writing credit. He did. But Stoller, in fact, Stoller and Siegel became a writing team after this movie. Okay, well, that um, makes sense. Yeah, and they, yeah. They, I think they've written three movies together. Um, but um, yeah, so you have it. It does feel a little bit different than some of the Apatow movies for that reason. Cause you have that seagull, uh, who has a kind of a quirky, I don't say quirky. I hate, I hate that word. Uh, interesting creative bend on stuff. I would like, say that. Like yeah. I really love the premise of the rock opera. Oh, the, the rock. Opera, that's f- fantastic. I would love to actually see that. It's so good. And yeah. it's such a great detail like that. This is what elevates it above like a typical rom-com. Like a typical rom-com has some of the same tropes, where you have, oh, they break up. They're the same hotel. Of course, yes, yes. And then, you know, hilarity ensues. You, you know, get the, get the girl, you lose the girl. It has kind of the same beats to it. It really does. But the thing that elevates this are two things. A is that really creative screenplay. Yep. And then B is that supporting cast is just really good. Like Bill Hader is is awesome in this. Paul Rudd is, yeah, he's good in this. And Jonah Hill is, is a very good actor. His part isn't particularly great. No. Um, in fact, that's one of the problems of the movie, but, uh, the three of them are just obviously fantastic actors in their yes, own right. Yes, yes, yes. So it's uh, it's Hater's super funny in this. He's so good. Yeah, and I mean, just Hater, a small Hater, part. By the way, HBO's Barry. If you don't, if you haven't seen Barry yet, it is in my opinion, it's the best show active, like the best actors. My, my second pick would be Better Call Saul. My number one though is by a mile. I would even say is is Barry. There's no show I look forward to more than that show. I like the first season. I'm going to watch it again and then watch the second one. Second one is up and down. The first season I think is brilliant. A plus. The second season is a bit up and down, A minus, but the, the the ups are very high though. Yeah, I'm so excited for a third season. I'm just the fucking pandemic. Yeah, I know, postponed I know, I know. it. Sucks. But he's great in this, and I like. I just love his sense of humor and just he's the so way funny. that he delivers shit. He's super funny. Best, I love best you know, cast member SNL in 20 years. See, I wasn't really watching us. I, I believe you. I wasn't watching SNL during this time period. Like I was watching it up up till high school, like and he's then I'm better like, I'm to done. me than like Farrell. Really? Yeah. He's after Farrell, though, so I didn't. I'm I didn't. a huge Hater fan. Well, they they had, they shared some time. They did. I think so. Yeah, I think early on, and then Hater kind of crossed. Hater's more like Kristen Wiig, like that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, group. Yeah, but they did. Kristen Wiig good in this too. Did just a Chris, small part. Oh, you maybe you didn't watch the unrated version. 
I didn't know what's the unrated version. I, I did. That was the one that I could get. Um, oh. and it was, and I, and I, Kristen Wiig's in the unrated she, version. She is. She's as a, she is a yoga instructor. There's this yoga scene for like, um, there's like this five minute yoga scene. Oh. She's very good. It, what is so unrated about it? Is it like wild? I like think there's sexuality? more, more, more penis. Maybe. I don't, I don't is it know. Like all this like, just <laughs> crazy. Cause actually I think in the original, there was a lot of cock, right? There's a cock in the beginning there and is. there's cock in the end. Yeah. Um, this, yes. And then there's the flash. There's the Mila Kunis uh, photo flash, right, which is yes. They've said it's computer generated. I, right? I know, yes. but but uh, but, but I, right. that's the nudity. I don't think there's anything. Else. There's more. Gratuitous. There was nothing else. The unrated version. Yeah, I wonder what the hell else. There was gratuitous. There was some. There was a lot. There was sex. Some you see wild, sex, but not like, a lot. Not like titties everywhere. Like Jack McBrayer, uh, the guy from Dirty. <laughs> no, Rock. probably right. And that is the redheaded girl completely naked the entire time? I was hoping for that. It didn't happen. <laughs> it was a, that was a little mismatched couple there. It, that, oh, totally mismatched. He's yeah, a, yeah. yeah. He's the same guy, and this is he is in Thirty Rock too, which sucks. He's kind of a one trick pony. A little guy. bit, yeah, yeah. But uh, but funny. I, I like I like him in in that character. I like him. What was I going? To? Oh, Bill Hader. Oh, the Bill Hader. There's a subtle thing that happens. So he performs in the Dracula yes, yes. rock opera at the, end. at the end. I love it. He's he's like he's to the side of the it. camera. He's super into it at the side of the camera. Like I totally know this where you've you've accomplished something that was hard. You're doing it on stage in public and you're sort of relieved it's over, but also amped that you did it. And yes. he's just like kind of panting and a little wild. Oh, and yeah. He's off to the side. Yes. But you just it's you know, he's not the like main focus of this right. camera, but you look at him and it's just so funny to watch. Him. He's great. He's he, so good. Uh, and all the details of like that ends that end rock opera in the you just don't see that in a typical rom-com. No. And that's what really kind of it makes it a step above. Oh, I love it when uh, Van Helsing gets hit and he just right. flies through the air against <laughs> the wall. Right, cracks me up every time. Very funny. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very And like the voice he uses like when he's playing the piano in the bar to Mila Kunis and yes. she kind of forces him to <laughs> to do to it go in uh, character. and it's it's just it's the first time you hear the voice it's hysterical yes, it and is. i love that like she's the only one laughing because that's like a great sign of like someone who's like into you like yeah you know, they get your joke and maybe the rest of the world maybe doesn't but they get your you know your humor your little yeah well actually and he didn't even know that, that i love that little detail too right. when you know <laughs> after the performance mila kunis is back and they're talking to each other he's like you know what? Someone told me this is a, this is a comedy, yeah. and it, it finally clicked for me. Like, yes, of course, it's a fucking comedy, you idiot. It's uh, super funny. Seagull's, Seagull's fantastic in this. Yes. So a little about Seagull. So Seagull obviously is, is in. Well, he, I know him first from Freaks and Geeks, which I watched. Yep. Um, I watched like when that when that show came on. I I started watching it like late nineties, right? Well, yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Same, actually, the same week as uh, West Wing. Um, and I loved that show. And then he does Undeclared. Which Nick Stoller direct uh, was also in the writing room. I don't yeah. know that one. I don't think so. Undeclared is the so Freaks and Geeks famously got fo- got canceled by NBC after one season. Right. Judd Apatow was very angry about it, and then he, uh, Fox is like, "Hey, we'll have you come on, but make it like a half hour." Yeah. Uh, and it's about kids uh, like freshman year in college, and uh, it has a much much more like comedic, a lot more. The the jokes are a bit more broad and undeclared than they are in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. But it's very funny. It's very good. Seth Rogen. Uh, was on the cast in Undeclared as well. Okay. And he was also in the writer's room. Oh. Um, and Nick Stoller was in that writer's room, the director of this. And Jason Siegel, who was in Freaks and Geeks, who's fantastic in Freaks and Geeks. That, by the way, if you've never seen Freaks and Geeks, like, go watch it. It's one of the best shows ever. Do you love that show? I haven't seen it. Are you shitting me? I gotta see it. Oh my God. I don't know why I missed it. I just did. So I think that might be on Hulu. Seeing the Hulu stuff, who was all this show today, but I think who just grabbed it and, uh, but I, I got the uh, the DVDs because um, it has all the original music. For a long time, you couldn't get the show without because the music soundtrack is amazing. Uh, but I guess now I think it might be on Hulu. Uh, if you have Hulu, check it out. And uh, the songs are there. Anyway, uh, so Staller and uh, Siegel met 
doing undeclared. Right. And Siegel came on as a, uh, a guest of role. He was this really angry, jealous boyfriend, and his girlfriend was in college, and he wasn't. And uh, and he was he was basically just like angry stalker completely uh not typical jason siegel i used to see no him. no no and he, he's very funny and very good undeclared was it was a fun show and uh staller and siegel said like i said hit it off and um they uh they they did this together and they wrote this together and he was siegel's in the middle of how have you seen that show how i met your mother yeah it's not bad actually it's, all right. it's not bad it was the same take yeah, yeah it's pretty it's kind of it's kind of shitty but i don't think it's shitty and nah, I think it's, right. it's better than normal. Like, it's better than other CBS sitcoms. Exactly. But it's not a good show. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. All right. Yeah. I'll go with that. I mean, it was entertaining enough. I don't, I haven't seen, I think I've seen. I think we're the same page. Yeah, right? I don't know how many I've seen, but not, not all of them, you know. No, so no, here no, and there no, I, no. My, my ex-wife liked it, so I watched a few episodes. I'm like, ah. Eh. Yeah. It's like, it tries to be like edgy friends a little bit. A little bit, yes. Like, that's a good way to put it. And it's, you know... It's, it's not just quite... Like, I mean, it's like... It's just not how TV. me and my friends interact. No. Like, me and my friends are like the Seinfeld. Like, we're just constantly like nasty to each other and say horrible things to each other. Like, that's... Surprising. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you, you wish your friend group was more like a friends or a... a to how I met your mother friend group. No, it was like, like that. And actually, I wish it were more nasty because I think it would have... I think... I I wasn't used to that. I'm not used to that kind of. I mean, a little bit of Buster Balls, but not. It was way more. It was too sensitive. Yeah. And I'm actually not like I'm. I'm pretty abrasive, and so I felt like I had to hold that in check. I see. All right. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you would offend them. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I felt like I really had to be really on my best behavior. And then when I look back in the times that I was nasty, I'm, I feel really bad about it because eh. I feel like I eh, fuck them. Stress them. Yeah. Fuck so, them. They shouldn't be so sensitive. I agree. Like you're just kidding around. Who cares? You know. As long as it's like not. You know. Like the friends episode, like oh, I have a christening to go to, and like they all kind of root for each other, like mm. do well with this christening they're going to, or something like that. You know, it's just like what the fuck are you talking about? But in Seinfeld, it was like oh, like they would just make fun of each other, and be <laughs> yes, shitty. Yes. Like that's how me and my friends. Talk. I think I so I want some of both. I want some definitely support, supportive, supportive friends that you can also bust balls with. Supportive, like if you're doing this like small menial task, you want to be supported by your friends. I'm not talking about small well, menial tasks. I mean, I'm talking about like life in general. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, my friends support me if something's like, or I support them if something's actually. By support, you mean went to your wedding? Yes, they went to your wedding. No, I mean like, oh, no, more than like that, root buddy. for, like root for you. They have do, your back. Yeah, they do. They've been my friends for thirty years. They do more than just than, than just go to my. I'm wedding. I'm not making fun of your friend group. Yes. it's fine. I'm I'm it's glad. Fine. It's fine. But you were no, you were giving me shit about wanting friends to be supportive. I just think yes. there's a there's a balance there. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I hope you find that. I hope you find that. That's this friends. I have not. I'm all yeah, alone. yeah. You're gonna. I think you're gonna be looking for a while. Maybe when you're in the old folks' home, you'll yes. find this group of. Uh, this band of uh, these old timers and you guys can all root for each other when you play gin rummy and <laughs> you know every once in a while make fun of each other for being widows or something perfect yeah sounds yeah, like a great uh, great time that'll be fun uh, uh so uh no okay so how i met your mother yes yeah so so and he, that's probably do you think that's where he made most of his money maybe because oh, oh, not, not maybe okay. i mean that is like yeah. the, they did that for like 10 years or yeah, nine years like, i don't know and how tv works is we don't talk about it a little bit but uh if you if you make five years, you, you go to syndication. That's kind of the magic number. Is like episode one hundred or episode uh, sometimes ninety six can be the magic number in TV. Um, and what do you mean by it goes? Is it, why why is that the do you mean syndication? It, other people will pick you up, right? So here's why. So here's why like a show. Well, sometimes it, t- that's the rule of thumb, okay. and the reason it is the rule of thumb is because let's say you are like I don't know I'm, I'm, you know, I'm using old time TV, but like TV thirty eight. Yeah, like remember WSBK, it, right? Yeah, like they would have a lot of syndicated programming on. And if you only had two seasons, the reruns, because you're running it five times a week, the reruns kick too soon. I see. So you need to have basically 96 episodes to kind of like, it's, it's a rule of thumb. It's not a, it's not a law, but five seasons gives you enough time. To be like, all right, well. To do a full year? 
Well, is that no, mean? it's not because it's there's it's more than ninety six days yeah, right. in a year, man. Right, right, right. Um, Thank you. But it gives you enough time where the, it won't feel as free run heavy. I see. You know, like, oh, I saw this episode again. You know, and and it just provides more more content. So, so will they keep looping it if there's only a hundred shows? Yeah, yeah, they will. But you know, the nice thing with the show like How I Met Your Mother is all right. Well, you know, uh, once season six gets on board, now you have even more inventory, and, you can put, and then you know it right. keeps boosting up. Um, but if you only have two seasons, you're not going to sell a show to syndication. Yep. Syndication doesn't mean as much now as it did. Back when we were when right, Matt and I were kids, there's on demand, there's streaming service. Right, it's, yeah. it's a different different ball game now. But uh, How I Met Your Mother did catch some of that wave. Some of the stuff did go to syndication. Some sure. of it played like in New York uh, on like W on Channel Eleven or other WPIX and other channels like we have here in Boston. And that made, it's a huge. I mean, Seinfeld is oh Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah, it made it, Seinfeld uh, five hundred million or something. Right, something yeah. crazy. I mean, the show's worth like a billion dollars yeah. because of that, you know. And it's because of that syndication element. That's what brought Cheers. All that. Oh, they, they have, right. that cast. And what happens is. After five years, the other magic number is that's when the cast can renegotiate their contracts. I see. So it's like, all right, well, we know we're going to syndication. Now I want some points in that syndication. So when you go to syndication, I want a small percentage of that. Right. And that is forever yeah. a lot of times, especially if you're one of like that, a main cast member like Jason Segel was. Like that cast had huge power. Like, so the friends, with, this is what happened with friends. Friends renegotiated their, their, uh, their contracts together. All six friends were like, nope. We're doing this in all together or we're out or right. we're all out. That's, because, that's so good. Because they knew because NBC would have been like, well, I guess maybe what if we just have Joey move to Wisconsin? Yeah. Or we have Chandler take that dream job. Because we still have Minnesota. five of them or four. Right. Of them. Yeah, right. We'll, I'll tell you, we'll pay you other four. We'll give you guys a little extra money. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe we, and, you know, and, and they knew that they would do that. Right. You know, and that's what that's what TV networks have done forever. So Friends was like, fuck no, we're going all in. And I, I want to say that's how they really did the same thing. Maybe they did. Because um, they all stuck around the entire run. They did. Um. And I know they are, they were friendly. Like that was a, they were a good, like, friend group, too. Like, they all got along, right? Yeah. It's not like it was a good set. Um, and Jason Siegel, by all accounts, is, like, super great to work with. That's why you see, see him keeping, uh, keep popping up with the same kind of people. Yes. Um, and, uh, you see it in this movie, too. And, like, that whole Apatow crew. Yeah, he'd been doing, he, he, he showed up in a few of the Apatows before, right? Didn't he show up in, um, in, uh, Superbad? Was he, was he, well, like, I mean, he's in Freaks and Geeks. He's in Underclared. Yeah, yeah. He's in, I think he's in Superbad. I think, want to say he's, he's even in 40 year old version, isn't he? I don't remember him in I don't there. Remember, I don't remember. I've yeah. seen the movie in so long. Yeah, it was a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's in all. The, yeah, know, even that girl Carla Gallo. So she's the girl that goes hi. Yes, hi. Uh, so she was an undeclared. She was what cast member undeclared, and actually, right. that was his girlfriend that he was so jealous over. Really, and she was in Superbad. She's the girl. Yes, that's period. right. She's a period girl. Yeah. Yes, and then she's in. She was in Forty Year Version as well. So right. Um, She's been in yes. all of these things too. I, he keeps using the same the players, which makes sense. She I mean, sucks toes in the in that one, right? Yeah. Is that <laughs> so what it is? Something like that. Right. Something, she has yeah. a weird quirk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you know, but if you have it, you know, that's also why. On the flip side, uh, who is the girl in Knocked Up? Oh God! The girl oh, it's from Grey's uh, Anatomy. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I can picture. Her. Uh, what the fuck's her name? What uh, the fuck is her name? That's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, oh, Heigl, Catherine Heigl. Yes. Um, thanks, man. Um, Catherine, Not good. Uh, Catherine Heigl uh, is awful to work with. Horrible. Yeah, and she sucks. She's, too. she's, she's a sucks. nightmare. But, she, no, but she's like a nightmare person. She? Yeah. She's a nightmare person on Grey's Anatomy. She's a nightmare person on uh, on I guess on the set knocked up, and like they just don't like would never work with her again. Good. You know, so you can get like kind of like excommunicated out of the out of the community pretty quick. Um, right. You know, which which can cost you a lot of money and a lot of jobs if you don't you know behave well. Well, Siegel's great in this. He's great. Yeah, and um, actually, the one he did after was I, I Love You, Man. Yeah, I didn't with Rudd. I actually like that one. It's all right. He plays a different guy. Yeah, he helps, right. So he co-wrote that with, with Stoller. Well, that makes sense. Um, I don't see. Doesn't have the same creativity that this one has. No, it's a little. No, it doesn't. You're right. 
But that's harder to do when there's no female element, really. It's like a buddy movie. I think, I think you can have a lot of creativity with just guys. Maybe. Like, I don't think, I mean, it doesn't have those fun little things like a, like a Dracula rock opera. You can have that sort of weird No, thing you do have the Rush, the like rush they love thing, Rush right. thing, I guess. But like, is that that weird? Not really. Yeah, I, no. I, I just, did. I like that one. That was that was surprisingly good. It's for, okay. For I didn't really like it that much, but I, Rudd and Seagull are so likable. Like they really, are. Like I think Paul Rudd is a comedic genius. Like he's really funny. Yeah. And um, there is no funnier. I really hope one day we can cover role models. Yeah, role me models too. might be like that's my a good favorite one. comedy of the last like twenty years. That's a good one. Certainly in, in that argument, I think this movies or maybe Observing Reports my favorite. But uh, yeah, uh, is that really a comedy though? That's super yeah, it's, it's, in, it's in that in that in that vein. Yeah. Uh, so Mila Kunis. Oh my god. She is so charming and just beautiful and awesome in this. Yes. Like, she's a complete fucking knockout. I went through her filmography after I watched the movie. And I'm like, you know what? She's been way more hits than I, than I give her credit for. She actually had a nice little career. I think her, I think she's better than what her career ended up being. I think her career is pretty good. I think it's not lot, bad. The but, problem is a lot of those movies aren't necessarily targeted us. Like those bad mom movies, those made a fucking fortune. I, yeah, I haven't yeah seen you have no idea but, yeah. like, right. and, and, but are they good could they possibly be good I guess so she was in uh, the, you know who else is in those it's Kristen Bell so I guess Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell actually get along I guess oh, Mila Kunis good. is really cool to get along with too and Kristen Bell does a lot of stuff yeah so um, uh, well they're both from TV everybody's from TV you had Veronica Mars and you had that 70s show yep that's interesting and, too and Freaks and Geeks and Freaks and Geeks I mean I guess, you, I guess and, oh and How I Met Your Mother really is right Seagull's really more you got like all these yeah, a lot of TV, all people, TV yeah um I mean, Apatow's from TV, I guess. And Stoller's from TV. But so Mila Kunis is actually a really good actress. She's a very good actress. Yeah, and I mean, Black Swan, we just saw her in. And yeah. I just feel like she should have, like, she's never, she'll, it she, sucks. Like, she, she's not going to be nominated for anything. She's I just not in those type of movies. Good. I don't think she's like, I know, think so, she's really she's not like good. Natalie Portman, you know, Black Swan. She's not going to give you that. Well, well that's, Black that's Swan. a little different. You know, yeah, and that's what I mean. Yeah. You no, know, but she's like, not, it's not the same. No. I mean, she got, but that's all time. She didn't get nominated for Golden Gold for that movie, but like, like that Natalie Portman's all time though. That's, that's true. That's, that's a, a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough one. Ruth I just think she's good enough to be in movies of that caliber. And I she's really not. I don't she's, know she's, if she is because even in black oh. Swan, I mean, her character is supposed to stick out because she's so casual and so light, but like that wouldn't really work if she's like the main, if she's the main protagonist, but she's so believable in this movie. Like you absolutely believe her. Totally buy it. Yeah. She's like her, just her mannerisms are completely like organic and natural she's so good yes. in this. I just think she's better than like she did. The book of Eli's okay, but it's not great. She's yeah. with two good actors, but Denzel Washington and um, Gary uh, Oldman. I yeah. Mean, that movie's but, not good. So it's fine. it's fine. But like she's, most of the movies are not that good. This and black Swan really are kind of the, well, she's top. in Ted. Ted. I guess the first Ted's okay. I haven't seen the second one. I've only seen the no, first one. It. But um, it's, it's okay. The first it's one, great. the first one's okay. It's pretty good. But like that's but that's what she does well. She's a comedic actress, though. I mean, that's the thing is like she's not a serious, she's not a dramatic actress. Because even in Black Swan, she's kind of playing that comic relief role to some extent. Sure. She, I mean, she's playing the anti-Portman, which is, is a more lighter, more comedic. She's almost by doing that movie in that way. She's almost proving she's not a dramatic actress in a lot of ways because she's basically they're saying you're the opposite of a dramatic actress. I guess, yeah. In, in a way, like I don't know if she can, if she, her she just has a lot of heart here. What's that? She just has a lot of heart here. Like you well, see, that's her whole screen presence is like she's her charisma is like through the roof, it's through the roof, and she she's a real warmth, yeah, to her, and uh, and obviously she's beautiful, but that doesn't always translate well to like Oscar, like to being like in a drama. It's Maybe. a different thing. Like look at Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep has a much colder presence on yeah. screen. I I don't know if 
I also don't know if you want to see bad things happen to Mila Kunis. So, like, oh, if you're a dramatic actress, yeah. like, usually things, like, horrible things are happening to you uh, just by the line of, of dramas. Um, True. I don't know. But that sucks then. If only, because I'm thinking of, the, you know, the same thing with, um, there's a lot, probably, I wonder if most of the Oscar uh, actresses are colder. That might that are. might be the case. Yeah, because I think they are. It's a different relationship. You have a different relationship that with... That sucks, though. Yeah, it does, I guess. But I don't know. I just... I, I mean, I, I guess I'd like to see her try. I just... I could see... It. Not she, working out? Yeah, because there's something just humorous about her, too. She's funny. She is funny. And, like, you keep kind of waiting for the joke from... You know, she's kind of like that cool girl you hang out with, and she's just kind of waiting for... Like, eat... Even like a friend group, like she's just kind of like that. Like I can imagine like hanging out with someone like that in college, you know, like, oh, that's kind of that. And it always has a good one liner, but like, it would be weird if they got super serious. You'd be like, I don't know. So, wow. You know? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know, but she's very good. In it. Very she's good. I mean, she's, she's awesome. In yeah. This. Yeah. She's very good. And Kristen this. Bell's really good. in this. She's great too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have the same feelings about Kristen Bell being an Oscar? I don't, contender? Uh, but she's colder. So maybe she could, um, maybe she could, maybe because she could, she do doesn't that. have enough heft on, on screen to me. I don't know. There's not enough to her. There's and, not uh, enough and she kind of struggles with some of the dramatic stuff here. Uh, she, she has a really difficult part to play here. The most challenging part of anyone in this movie. She actually. does. Um, but at times it doesn't, the, the heavy dramatic stuff is a little, little in the deep end for her. So, right. You're exactly right. Uh, it's, it is a, it is a harder role because you have to, because you can't be so unlikable. Right. Cause you do have the part where, uh, where, you know, she, she does get vulnerable and and says i did try right you know that part she is makes like, a good case she makes a very good case we've seen jason siegel and he he does a we've seen him in the beginning of the movie but b he also seems like that guy that kind of lives in his apartment like, yes and like only only you know basically only stays there <laughs> eats his fucking cereal out of that giant the, bowl yeah you can and, see this is a guy who really does have a hard time taking care of himself but at the same time um i think that happened after he was kind of going on the press tour with her too and holding her back like he was that guy for a little while and probably was like i'm not gonna do that anymore and then spend time at home i don't think this would happen you don't so, think that's what happened no, i think he's that guy that's really comfortable and really is that guy is that stay home kind of guy um he did go to these events and stuff but i love i think the reason they showed those shots was and i love this because this is exactly the emotional how they deal with the breakup in this movie is exactly how like i felt that, that psychologically like, like i was being watched like, this is exactly how i went through a break i'm sure how everyone i'm probably just how your brains are wired i think it's pretty normal yeah. but you you know you you obviously you're just immense grief you're incredibly sad and you're only thinking of the good moments if you think about it, like all of his flashbacks yeah. at the beginning were all the good things that's right and he's like he even does a cereal thing like look my cereal's fresh because she bought me she this. bought me this container and i remember like i went food shopping and i like i came home and i had like a breakdown I'm like i'm so it was so sad buying food just for me yes and like you know three months later four months later it didn't bother me as much you know and then you know eight months later it doesn't bother me at all but in that moment when it just happens, everything just reminds you of, of her. Yes. And, uh, but then as time goes on, and this is why you, I think they bring up the first thing is you start to remember the bad things. And then you're like, Oh wait, this wasn't, you know, this, this had a lot of problems. These, yeah, there yeah, were yeah, some yeah. real flaws here. Yeah. But when the breakup initially happens, you are so fixated on the good. Yep. And then it, it takes a while, but then uh, the, yeah, by the end of the movie, all of his flashbacks are all like, that's him holding a purse being awkward. Yes. Or it's her not really being supportive of what he was doing with it, with playing the music. She's like, don't play that again, please. Yes. And like, you started to like, think about the bad things, but it does take a while. But I think this movie does it in a really brilliant way to show a breakup. Like, cause that is exactly there how is it that feels. arc. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I see that. The movie did try hard to make her un- very unlikable yes, in the beginning did. too. Like even, even, you know, the re- 
actually towards the middle in the middle of the movie when there's the realization that he's been she's been cheating on him yes. for a year too it's like oh my god Oof. this fucking whore yeah and then but then you see like the moment where she's sad about it when she's she's uh, at the front desk with Mila Kunis yes. she's talking about it like I'm really glad you're spending time with him he's a good guy and she breaks down and then you know later on when when she she admits that she was tr- she was really trying to get him out of his shell to get him to be you know more social do other stuff than just sit on the couch and gain weight like be a fat slob um so that and that's one of the reasons why i really like this movie is you see the depth of the characters not everybody's all right not everybody's all wrong no neil kuna's character is pretty close to a hero she is she pretty is close pretty, to oh, it's only hero moves there yeah so this kind of brings this i'm glad you kind of brought the meal the um christian bell talked about a little bit like her being kind of the bad guy here or having some moments where she's not portrayed in a very good light yeah and this brings up one of the problems i have with, with the movie. And the problems i have here are pretty slight but you know this is what, what it, I do. we're a critical show yeah so um the Mila Kunis character, I have some issues with how it's written. So, in that scene, in the scene where they're all having dinner together, which is a pretty funny scene, the four yep. of them are having dinner together, um, Mila, Kristen Bell is kind of shitting on Mila Kunis. Like, for living in Hawaii. Yeah, right. People go to Hawaii or, or trying to run away. Stuff. Yep. And she's like, I like living here. And it was just really cool, like, bold saying, like, oh, good good for you. Like, But then at the end of the movie, you know, when we meet Mila Kunis, she's a happy person. She's always been like a very happy person. She is. She doesn't like, obviously, her ex-boyfriend. But no, no. Other than that, though, everyone seems to get along. She's a really good friend group there. She likes her job. Yep. Yes, she's not a doctor or a lawyer, but she seems to genuinely like her job. Yeah. And she seems to be genuinely happy in Hawaii. It's beautiful yeah. there. She seems happy there. Yeah. Um, but by the end of the movie, she becomes what the Jason Segel character kind of wanted her to be, which is you now live in LA and now go, go you school. go back to college. Like, why does she need to go back to college if she's happy working in the hotel? Maybe she is running away. But like, why? I don't know. Why, why can't she just be someone who's happy? This is, this is what movies do. The same thing happened in Indiana Jones too. Mm. Uh, the kid, the mutt, the child booth is like, I like working on motorcycles. I'm happy doing that. And then eventually it's like, we'll go back to school. Yeah. Like, well, why? You're right. You get, you do get a bit of a mess, a message hammer. Like, what is it about the baby boomers and the Gen Xers? Cause Gen Xer wrote this boomer, obviously wrote, um, boomers wrote Indy. Yeah. They both have the same problem here. Like, why do we keep forcing, like, why do we keep lecturing everybody to go to college? Like, why? It like, sucks. Why is that such a part of it, movies? That, like, that, I that sucks. I don't, I don't get that because we have people who are happy, well-adjusted people. And then, no, well, if you, if you don't go to college, you're not really happy. You're not really, well, like, you don't really, you don't really count. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, because she's kind of in paradise being nice to people all day. Like, that's not a bad life. No, and who, who just because be, working in a hotel isn't a dream job for someone else. So someone doesn't mean it could be some, for somebody else. Yeah, maybe it doesn't take a lot of brain power for her and she gets to spend a lot of her time on the fucking beach. I mean, I there's nothing never, wrong with that. Exactly. Yeah. I would never want to be a surgeon, okay? No, me neither. I would never, okay, but I understand that other people would and I understand why there's a real attraction to that. That is something that I would never want to do. But doesn't mean that people shouldn't do it just because I don't want them to do it. Yeah. Wouldn't have any fucking surgeons. That's stupid. Yeah. And you need people to work in hotels. And you need people to be mechanics and work on motorcycles. Like, we need these things. So, like, to minimize them just because they don't fit this weird agenda we've, like, piped through is, is annoying to me. So that annoys me that the fact that the character flips on her on her ideals. Yeah, that sucks. And that makes it a less than great movie for me. The other issue is the Jonah Hill, Russell Brand element. So we see, they spend a lot of time with, with these two characters, which are, who are very funny together. And in fact, it becomes a sequel. Yes, which and sucked. I've never seen it, but it, I guess the, it's so not bad. good. No. The Jonah Hill character, which, by the way, uh, Stoller wrote that, but not Siegel. Okay. I think so, I'd direct there too. Um, so that movie, 
has Jonah Hill in it as a different character. It, yes. Which is very strange. As the manager of... Uh, but Russell Brand is the same it, character. But there's a parallel to him because he wa- I think he becomes the manager. Like, he, he hustles to try to get, you know, Aldous Snow to hire him as a manager, mm. and then that happens. But, no, it's a different character. So it's very it's strange. really very weird. Um, like, what but, universe are we in? Yeah, I, I agree. That's, just, that's a strange thing. Uh, but in this movie... They spend a lot of time with, with Snow and Jonah Hill and kind of like Jonah Hill wants him to play his demo, which is very funny. And, and all this played by Russell Brand is kind of an asshole. Yes. He keeps saying no in, in funny ways, which is fine. I, but it needs to be resolved and it never gets resolved. Never does. It ends with him like, oh, can, did, you, did you like my demo? He's like, well, I was going to play, but then I went on with the rest of my life. Right. And that's, and then, but then the relationship ends. But that's not really a very well-written conclusion. You need to have... If you're going to spend that much time with the build-up, it has to have was some a lot sort of, time. of payoff. Yeah. And it doesn't have a payoff. No, it doesn't. It's another problem in this movie. Right, because the only payoff is just like him realizing that Aldous Snow is an asshole. But you don't but really we, see him realize it, though. You kind of see him make a frowny face and walk away. Well, he, he under his breath, he, he he says some stuff. Did that did that not happen in the, in the regular version? I don't know version? if I remember that. Yeah, so he, under his breath, is like, I can't talk loud right now because I'll get fired, but you are a fucking asshole. Oh, I never like saw it. Yeah, so oh. that's in the non-rated version. So there is a little bit more there where this realization happens. Happens for Jonah Hill's I wonder character. why they cut that out because it really actually is, is necessary. I think you're right because you don't get any sort of any result here, and uh, that's not great. And yeah. I don't think under your breath calling him an asshole is it's enough. Not, it's probably I mean, not enough. Scene, but no. I, I don't. I don't think that's enough. I think you need more. Yeah, more there. You need to either have. And I get if you want to have something like all this snow. Like the point of his character is like you can be an asshole, and some people just get by, and they always kind of win. I don't mind that at all because that's true. I don't mind it. I mean that's. He gets on his next, he gets on his limo, goes, I even says like, oh, I'm going to go fuck this limo yes, driver. Yes, and yes, he probably yes. will. Like, yeah. you know, that's, he's got that charm about him. Yep. Um, so I don't mind seeing that, but you have, then you have to have Jonah Hill then get, uh, it has to, I need to see some sort of, some sort some of resolution. Something, yeah. Something to get resolved there. Yeah. I actually like his, Aldous uh, Snow's character. I really like that character. Me too. Uh, because he's, but he never pretends to be anything that, nope. he's, that he's not. He's, he's a just, selfish I, asshole this all the time. And yeah. That he never tries to be anything else. And I have, I, you know, I'm a famous musician, so I have this access. I can do it. Mm-hmm. But he's never, you know, it's just, it's just the way he is. He always, he always is cool. He's always and, cool. And uh, whether, he, you know, he doesn't care who he hurts as long as he's cool. And that's fine. That's who he is. And he's also, like, he doesn't bullshit either when he sees fucking, um, you know, uh, Belle fucking fake an orgasm to, yes. uh, to go head to head with with her ex, he calls her on it. Right. He's like, this is, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, stop. It's he's he's no bullshit guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, like this that. movie does a great job skewing, uh, skewing TV. Um, I think, uh, the, like access Hollywood with Billy Bush. Yes. By the way, yes, yes, maybe yes. That yes, doesn't yes. age particularly well with him on there, but, uh, but no, but that's, that bit is hysterical. It is funny. Um, the music video, I'll just know is kissing people. <laughs> yes. This is very funny. <laughs> and like the CSI stuff is, is hysterical. It's funny. Um, it's all really, kind of pitch perfect it is kind of funny that jason siegel meanwhile is doing all that though and he's on a cbs sitcom which True. is kind of corny yeah you know like yeah yeah well, i, I see mean that. i see yeah i get your parodying which is fine but maybe you might want to parody yourself a little bit because your show is right uh, you know i know there's a you know some 32 year old in iowa thinks it's the funniest thing in the world but let's be real for a second like this is you know you're not breaking it's ground. Not high art you, you yeah. were on a show that was actual art right so you know what that's like and you know that neil patrick harris making the same sex jokes every week is not art i'm sorry no it's you may not. like that show if you listen to this it's great it's wonderful it's it's it is it, it's the show it passes that, the time it, yeah, exactly yeah it is not right it, it showed exists simply to pass time it's not a show that exists to make you really think or right no, or, it doesn't challenge you yeah. right it's simply you put it on because you just aren't willing to do 
anything else. I find it more creative than some of the other shows that are in that same genre. Sure. Even same thing with New Girl. It's a, it's it's kind of that same level where New Girl is. There's some things that that are kind of a little bit in, more interesting than most. But it's still not high art. You're right. Yeah, you don't, in a new girl, you don't, you don't like Zoe Deschanel. No, so. but I am a huge fan of uh, Mila Kunis, of course. Okay, so yeah. Mila Kunis, she's athletic enough for she you. She is. Oh, she is <laughs> fucking yes. She's okay. almost perfect. Yeah. She, yeah. So, yeah. She is. Yes. She's a knockout. Yeah. Yes, it, it is. Uh, there is a scene. It's funny. They do even address the movie where Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis are like, "Oh, you're pretty. You're pretty." Yes. And then eventually, he's like, "Kristen was like, no, no, you're, no, really, you're pretty. really pretty." And Mila Kunis like, "Yeah, I, I know." Kind of thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. doesn't say that, but she gives that reaction, like, "Oh, thank you." Like, but you can tell she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. It's, and, it's uh, which is a, which is odd. Which is probably a, I think a battle women probably have quite a not battle, but I, you know, women kind of have that weird thing with probably. But they um, probably both think each other are more attractive than each other. That's kind of yeah. how it is. But like, I think at some point, though, Mila Kunis, I think, always knows that she's pretty than Kristen Bell. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, yeah, just not to slight uh, Kristen Bell no, either. I mean, she's she's no. beautiful. Like, she's, yeah, yes. Like but super fit and yeah. like yeah, Mila she's, Kunis she's, is uh, yeah yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Mila Kunis is is that's peak. It's pretty peak. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty right. Good. Yeah, uh, so. she. I mean, she still looks great. She, you know, she still looks great now. Oh, I mean, yeah. um, and she's with uh, Ashton Kutcher from that '70s show, which yeah. is where she started out from. Um, she was dating Macaulay Culkin Calk- uh, for, for a right? long time too, like ten for years almost. Time. Yeah, for her early. Which 20s. is an odd. That's an odd. Pair. He's an odd dude, but maybe he's cool. He, you know, some guy who got, he got burned by, obviously he was very super famous as a young guy. Yeah, his, his kind of got burned. famously was a, was a right. ma- Kit Colcom was a major stage dad. Yes. His brother is though, his brother is still in Secession, um, which yeah, is a, a huge HBO show. One. You haven't seen that? You might Maybe like I that. should check that out because that is on, you might I can't like get it's that. It's a very, I, it's a little, it might be more for you than for me. Really? Yeah. This is politics, right? What's no, Secession? No, it's not like, it's like wealth and um, oh. kind of mocks like a, a very rich family and they all are kind of selfish assholes yeah but, it, but it's not it's actually it's very well done it's very well shot uh, adam mckay uh the guy who did big short yes which i know a lot of oh people, yeah a lot of people are like kind of confused with all the like the stock market stuff um i don't know if you do you, have, you, you, you see the big short big short's very good it misses a couple things right but yes but for, if you just want a very elementary just like yeah, which is all I'm looking for personally. Christian Bale's awesome in it too. Jesus he's Christ, so like, he's really good in that movie, so man. Good. He's really good. He's got a huge um, range. He's 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 really good. Oh, in that movie. He's so good. It's a really good movie. It is good. So I, I recommend checking that out because if you're someone like me, just wants wants the base level understanding. That's a good ca- way. Kind of, it's a good way to hit that. Yeah. If you want more, you can obviously read the book. Michael Lewis. It's yep. Great. Writer. I did read that. Too. Did you like the book? Uh, yeah. I didn't read, read the a book. Long time I didn't ago. read that one. That, I I read a few of his in a row. I, uh, um, Moneyball I read yep. and uh, and Big Short and then also The Blind Side. I read those three. He wrote a, kind of right in a row. He wrote a book about being a dad too, which is pretty good. He's a good writer. Yeah. I like him. It's I like a, his it's style. More like a personal biography yeah. about being a dad, which uh, was, cool. was pretty good. Yeah, he's 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 quite good. He's good. Um, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a Blind Side book is way better than the movie. It is I like the movie, but oh, God, uh, I know what? you don't like it. I know you don't. What? Like it. I don't. I know you, you don't. Like oh, yeah. we're gonna have to hit that. Oh, I hope we hit that one one day. That'd be great. Will. You like the blind side? I did. I like the movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? I don't know, laugh <laughs> at you. Like fine. Well, what's new? Stupid son thing. of a bitch. <laughs> uh, anything else in this movie? No, I think it's Paul very Rudd, good. It's, I know we haven't talked about Paul Rudd. He, oh. he's just so good. This movie. He's so funny. <laughs> I'm gonna give you your Hawaiian name, Piopi. <laughs> so ridiculous it's like, I hope, we we met it? we met today i hope, I hope <laughs> the carpet matches the pubes yes I that makes me laugh out loud it's, it's really funny it's uh, i like he's just completely out of it and, and he's <laughs> totally just, out of it totally out of it and 
and he and he just doesn't give a fuck it really does make it the all the external characters really makes it this. elevates this so much yeah because yeah. you just got really talented people doing these little bit parts that are fun it's really funny super if, fun if you haven't seen this or, or like me you haven't seen it in a while um and you know the wife of the girlfriend wants to do kind of the the date night rom-com thing mine doesn't luckily but if you if you, if you are married <laughs> someone that does this is you could do way worse than this one. Oh, i laughed throughout it i was super i yeah. was really happy to watch it this and moonstruck are good movies to placate, good. placate the, the ladies did you would you think do you think that this is the best out of super bad 40 year old version uh virgin and um forgetting sarah marshall it's, i think this is the best really one. hard for me because some of these i haven't seen in a long time so it's really hard for me to really to i would say so do we count role models or no i don't think so role models is better than all of these um I, I haven't seen 40 year old or super bad since they i've seen it a little bit off and on yeah. but not i haven't really sat down and like really watched it since they came out I think Superbad gets a lot of credit or, from me because that's how kids, guys talk in high school. And, and it's I, a good one. I don't know, but I've known if I haven't seen too many movies where it's like, that's actually how guys talk. Superbad might be funnier, but I think this is a better movie. I'm guessing that's not how you and your friends talked in high school. I don't think it was. I'm guessing it's very there's a, sensitive. But there's a, but, but I wonder if there's like, that's like a divide, you know? You know like, what, too? I also had a lot of female friends. I think that's part of, like, my friend group had, had female <laughs> and male friends. I think that's part of it, too. Oh, yeah, like, I imagine you had to, like, of course. You couldn't be as aggressive. Right. Yeah. And like all like I I'm the kind of guy that I've uh I don't I don't know, I just I don't know. I've had I haven't had a lot of like female friends. I did in college, I guess, was the first time, but in high school I really didn't. I had girls I I didn't even date a super ton in high school, a little yeah. bit here and there. because I, I, I did you know, I was younger than everybody else and um but I, I just girls don't always find me like super funny. I guess much as funny as as funny as guys do. It makes sense. You're harsher. I guess so. Yeah. I think there's something to that, I guess. But you're all, no, you can be really nice and kind too. You can, I mean, yeah, but maybe you're just, well, the your older default. I get, the less edge. I, like I'm like, oh, like yeah. when I was in high school, like I was in like in college and like those years, like the last years, like I had a really caustic, like really caustic yeah. tone to me. And even my early twenties. Yeah. And I think it definitely like women are like, just like girls like, uh, like, you know, I, I said, I would date a little bit here and there. I dated a lot more. This, the, the gentler and softer I got, like the better I got with the ladies. If you that will. makes sense. Yeah. But I wasn't as fun. I think I lost like, but you lose that edge. I think. I think you just whip it out whenever you want to, though. Oh god. <laughs> uh, but no, but my friend group didn't have a lot of girls. Didn't in have it. a lot of girls. Uh, so that, that's definitely a difference. Yeah. yeah, we would we would roll with the ladies too. And the super bad guys didn't either. And they, no. and, they, and they all talked and they would just like just were incredibly cruel to each other. I really like all three of those movies. All four of those movies. I do too. Yeah, forty year old virgin. Virgin, I really like. That's a good one too. There's a lot I mean, of observant stuff in there. report count, probably not, right? No, that's I don't more think so. like the Danny McBride. Yeah, uh, I like McBride too. Uh, yes, yeah. but, uh, the director of that. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name right now. Who's, yes, uh, was it's? Oh, I can't remember that guy's name. Guy this direct, director just uh, directed Halloween. Um, the new one. Fuck. Yeah. Who was the director of this? It's Nicholas Stoll. Right, Stoller. Stoller, Stoller yeah. directed. This is definitely the best thing he's he's. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of Stoller movies. To be honest with you, he uh, did Neighbors. I saw that. Not good. Five Year Engagement. I didn't see the Muppets movies. It doesn't. You don't need to see those. But that's They're the not Muppet good. movie. You saw that with Siegel? Yeah, it's not. It's but not. So that was that was like his real creative endeavor. He was really excited to do that. I know. That's him. Yeah, that was really I know. him. Yeah. The other movies that he like, I guess I, they did a movie called like Sex Tape. Like him and Stoller wrote it. It's with Siegel and uh, oh. Cameron Diaz. Did I see? I and like didn't see they it. make a sex tape and it's like it's. I, I remember. I, 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 haven't haven't seen, I haven't seen it. And uh, he also did Get Him to the Greek too, which isn't very good. This is. His, I think this is right. So, one. but Siegel didn't write that. Siegel. They just use the character all the snow. So Siegel got a writing credit, but he right. didn't actually write it. No, but um, Stoller directed it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, but I mean, the Muppets movie, that was... See, the sex tape thing, I think, was more like a Stoller... 
based on the reviews I read, based on what I read about it, it seems like a bit more like a sex farce kind of thing. Haha. But the Muppets movie, Siegel really put himself out in front of that was really his thing. You didn't like him. Surprise. I'm not surprised. I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's fine in it, but it's just not but that it didn't entertaining. Have that same, well, I mean, as a kid, maybe. Yeah, it would have been good. I liked the Muppets as a kid. But it's I watched he it. Hasn't, I was just Siegel bored. hasn't done a ton since. Like, he yeah, has since not. Like since like since How I Met Your Mother went off. Like I thought he was. I really thought he was going to have a second life as a big time writer. Yeah, he did. Um, he did. He and he's super talented writer, fucking actor, musician. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a talented guy. Um, he did Jeff Who Lives at Home in 2013, which is a um a Dupless film. Yeah, yeah. The Dupless Brothers yep. directed it. That's a pretty good one. I haven't seen that one. Um, and End of the Tour is good, where he's um, oh the god, fuck's the yes, writer uh, name. Um, oh my god, he wrote the the um. I feel I feel embarrassed now. Uh, Confederate with the du- fucking. I fucking have this book. I haven't read it, but um, Confederacy of Dunces is that is that what it is? I don't think so. I think it's the other one. No, that's the right. It's the same. That's the right. That's the writer. What's uh, the, the hell's his name? I got to look it up. This is terrible. La, 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 la. No, Confederacy Dunces is John Kennedy Toll. That's not it. That's not it. What no, the fuck is it's, it? Uh, what's the movie name again? End of the Tour. It's that long book that everyone says. Wallace is the writer. David Foster Wallace. Yeah. What did he write? It's, it's not bad. Confederacy bad. We, we can't rattle that off. It's the fuck like, is it's, that? Uh, I just haven't read it. I have it. I haven't read it. You know one read it. It's so, that's, that's the, it's that's so long. It's so long. Infinite jest. And Inf- thank you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. I didn't have that off the top of my head. I, I yeah, I, I've seen, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't know. The movie's good. Yeah. Oh, I, I would check out the movie. I, I heard he was good in it. Yeah. He's good. And that, that is good. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with, uh, Jeff who lives at home. That's, that's good as well, but he hasn't done, he hasn't that was done, 2013 or something. It's been yeah. eight years or something. I don't, I mean, he's probably done. I think, things, I think, but, I think end of the tour is a little more recent now, but not too much more. I think it was like 2015, 2015, maybe. but yeah, but still, still five four years, or five years out. Yeah. Maybe he's just like, hey, you know, he, you know, think about it. He was doing Sarah. He did Sarah Marshall. He did all those Muppet movies, all that shit. When he's doing a sitcom, I know it's a maybe lot. Maybe just like take some fucking time, chill out. Yeah. I don't know, or maybe he's just like, eh. Yeah, he's very talented and very good. So maybe he'll do some more stuff. But I like this movie. You give it a B plus. I give it an A minus. Okay. Um, should we do the thumbs up, thumbs down yes, for the other yes. movies this week? Uh, the first one was uh, Iron Man. Iron Man's thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, second one was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Thumbs goddamn down. Thumbs way down. It just ruined two thumbs down there. Indiana Jones franchise. Yes. Bad bad job of them. And then I uh, forgot Sarah Marshall. Yep. Uh, two thumbs up. Yep. So there we go. Well, Very we're good. in agreement again. No, no fun there. Yeah. Sorry about that. So this is I Feel It All by Feist. This song is awesome. This album is awesome. Um, And this is another artist that I got from, I I mentioned this on the show before, that my buddy Kim, who's a great bass player, like told me, you know, do create a a St. Vincent Pandora station Mm -hmm. and you'll get infinite goodness. Mm -hmm. And Feist is one of the artists that came up for me. Yeah, Feist is good. This is is her, her best song. Oh, this whole album is so good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. This is this is the best song. I think she's so. Done. I think so. I mean, I knew her from before from Mushaboom. Right. Um, that yeah. album came out. Um, I luckily I had access to. I know Matt didn't for a long time. But I had access to a, a thing called a radio, so I, I was aware of some of these some of these artists. I, I did a little. I did a little. I was on planet Earth, so I did know that these things existed. Um, but no, this is this is 
she she's someone I enjoyed a lot. Someone I, I haven't gone back and revisited a ton, but this song is very good and and she's very quite good. talented. Um, yeah, very little to critique about Feist, honestly. Yeah, so this uh, so this album is um, the reminder. So this is her, and this is her, her second, best album. This is her best album. Yeah, second album. Um, I caught this one off the. Uh, I feel it all was, was off the alternative chart. It did chart on the regular chart, but this in like the twenties on the on the alternative chart. The album hit. The Hot 100 went up to 16, um, but it was mostly like alternative charts that you would, you mm. would hear. I'm sure you probably didn't hear this. Well, actually, it was on an Apple. Um, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, yes. Was on the Apple commercial. And that became a thing. Like she was doing yeah. an episode of Sesame Street about it. Like she was like, right. like she, that became like a thing. That actually charted better than I feel at all. So that hit number eight, I think, and on the Hot 100. Like, at some the point. Apple commercials. Like it's hard, you know, think back. Remember, like when it, uh, a song was used on, like, especially like an iPod yes. or like an iPhone, iPod, I think at this time. Commercial. Yeah, that's what that's or, what I guess, was. iPhone, yeah. Like that, that made it huge. Like, yeah, that, that elevated it to a different stratosphere. Like people, like I, w- I remember, I would be generally excited. Like, what song? What song in is this? Apple commercial because they're almost always awesome. Yeah, uh, and this is certainly one of them. Or one, two, three, four is one of them. One, two, three, four, which is a good song. The, uh, good song, that, yes, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good songs. There's five or six like great songs. Right. But yeah, good. Yeah, some really good stuff. Um. So, in fact, this album was on a number of like best lists in 2007. This was this was released totally in May of 2007. So it was yeah, like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Pitchfork had it at number 19, Best NPR had number three, Time had number three, Rolling Stone had number 35 of like top hundred. It's a, fan, top it's a really good album, really good one. I think Feist is very so she's Canadian, so there's that parallel. But I feel I give her I put her in the same space as Joni Mitchell, where they have kind of similar voices, two very pretty angelic voices that can do some stuff. Very talented. Um, and good writers like Joni Mitchell plays guitar. She does a lot of ultra tuning stuff. She's a good guitar player. Vice is a guitar player too. She does alternative, uh, like alternate tunings. Um, uh, she's plays a guitar on a few at all as well. Like this is her and it's a very smart guitar line, which we'll get into as well. But I put them kind of in the same place. Joni Mitchell obviously had a way like bigger career. Yeah. And Joni Mitchell is one of my favorites. So, you know, they don't more, occupy more this iconic. Same, way more iconic. They don't occupy the same place, but I put them in the same, like they're similar artists. To me. All right. I put her, I put Feist along with like the IAS because, um, yeah. maybe two, just because I was listening to them around the same time. Yeah. So like I, you know, they would come up and I think they've had roughly around the same level of fame. So yeah. I kind yeah. of, I kind of equate them. I can see that similarly sort of cultish, um, yeah, fame. more than that though. A couple of times they broke through. Sure. Um, and they almost always put out really good creative stuff and I really respect both of them a lot. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that this is an amazing video. Did you watch it? Yeah. Okay. Do you not like it? No. Uh, all right. So I love the concept. Yeah. I hate how it's shot. Really? Oh, from above? Oh, no. Well, uh, it's, well, it's above and below. And below. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's also really grainy. So when you're using a steady cam on the video, I definitely recommend checking the video out. Uh, what happens is basically a bunch of fireworks go off, but they're all choreographed and it's all in one shot. Yeah. And so she's, it's at night and she's yes. running through a field with sort of with like metal a, drums. Right. And she's hitting them with a stick and the fireworks are the going fireworks off. Go off. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it's all in one shot. Yes. So, uh, which obviously adds a degree, degree of difficulty, but also makes you feel like you're there. Yes. The problem is they also, in my opinion, the problem was they also use a steady cam. So it's, it's shifting a lot, which I get, they're trying to track, they're trying to track Feist as she runs around. Yes. And they want to, and they're trying to do it in one shot so you feel like you're there. Okay. The problem is they're shooting a spectacle, right? So it's fireworks choreographed, which is a fun concept, and it's her running around, which yep. is fun. I don't know if we need to be there. I think when you're shooting a spectacle, it's better to Spielberg it out and kick the camera back. Um, you could still have, you, could, you know, you could do a one or. Like a Scorsese type where you're tracking her 
they try to do that, but then they would lose her at times. They do. And it was also dark. It was dark. Which I get it. Fireworks. It's hard. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But like, you know, you're kind of losing her. At one point, she at the end, she goes in the water and it, actually you're, you're, you don't you don't really know she's in the water until the very very end. Yeah, and it's just it's just muddy and dark and cloudy. It's also very grainy. It is grainy, gr- gr- granularly shot. I would have done a Spielberg, which makes it like blow it out, big screen it out, and um, you can keep just that one shot track if you want to, or you could Scorsese it and just have the camera on a like have Feist kind of more. It is choreographed already because she has to yes, go with drum set. Yeah. So have her just be more choreographed with it and have the camera maybe on um like a tracks and you can move the tracks right or left depending where she's going. I can see and that. And pull it in reverse at the end. You obviously don't want to show your tracks when you're pulling it back. But I, I the whole time watching, like, I would have directed this differently. Like, I would have done this. I would have I love because I love this concept, concept so much, but I yeah. hate the execution. It really bothered me. I was actually thinking about that's that too almost bad. the song at some point. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. I guess. So I, I watched the video like four times. I guess it makes sense when you say it. Yeah. I just felt like it was very, it was, it makes it raw the way that it was. It was too it, raw. That's the problem to me. Too raw. I like this. And maybe it's just, it's taste. Yeah. Like I'm a Scorsese. Like the beginning of Games of New York is one of the greatest openings ever. It's a wonder. And fuck? it follows, um, John C. Riley kind of through this like cavalcade of like, not caves, but like kind of this underground kind of world that these people are kind of living in. And like, yeah. You know, like in churches and stuff like that. Like kind of the back walls. And as they're getting ready to fight and, the, and it leads them out into like this, Big courtyard, and that's where you meet Daniel Day-Lewis' right. character for the first time, which is one of the great characters in film history. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, Bill, uh, Bill the Butcher. So, uh, but it's this great tracking shot, and you kind of learn this world. But it's it's a wonder, but it's a wonder that's done, obviously, same as good, the most famous is Goodfellas when he's going through the Copacabana, yeah. right? But they're, which makes you feel like you're there, which is the whole point of it. Um, but it also is a bit of a stylization to it. Sure. Where this is basically just like, no, you're here, you know, mudstains and all. It's like, eh, I don't know. I see. I get it. You should watch it. If you guys, if you guys haven't seen, watch it. The fact that we're having this much conversation about a video, it's the fact that it was in my mind that much means it was really effective. It just frustrated me. She's good with creative videos too. She did the one, two, three, four video too. It's neat. Yes. Um, where you got all these like sort of choreographed dancers. They look like they're in some sort of gymnasium or something. Like there's, haven't seen a long time. Right. right, Yeah. Something like that. And they're kind of like falling over to the side in in choreographed ways. That's a one or two, isn't it? I, nah, I don't know. It's my right. It seems it. it. It seems it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. I mean, she's a very, obviously she's very a very creative very artist. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, actually, and both of her parents were artists too. Oh. Uh, her mom was a sculptor. Her dad was a painter. It makes a lot of so sense. It, yeah, it's like you kind of have that, that vibe from her that she's like, you know, ultra creative coming from a creative family. I love too that her songs don't necessarily all sound the same. They really they don't, don't, but they all sound like her. They don't. Yes, they do she sound like a, her. She has like a really unique sound and she's yes. able to do some different things of it. Really creative stuff. She doesn't fall in the same trap as every song. I, she, she's one of those like, like super underrated musicians. Super underrated. And there's no a lot one of, talks about her. No. And there's a lot of care in this song, which we'll, uh, I'll talk about in a minute, but like super underrated so far that other musicians who I absolutely love to, like James Blake, will cover her songs. Like the, the, um, Limit to Your Love is a, is a great song and he covers it. He's an alt. He's a great producer. Great piano player. Great producer. I, I, I could do without that. Oh my god! No thanks. Fuck <laughs> off. But you, Jason Blake is so. He is super talented. He's super talented. Beautiful like R and B voice. Great piano player and just like this ultimate producer. That's an. That's an awesome version. Anyway, but her version's great too. Limit to Your Love is a great song. Mm. Um. I love how the song is recorded too. There, like, if you listen to her voice, it sounds crispy. 
Yeah. Because, and that's a compressor. She is like nailing this compressor. That, that is, a, that's a physical compression unit. Um, a compressor, what it does is if you like for every volume decibel that it goes out is ratioed, how much vol or goes in, it's ratioed, how much vol- volume goes out. So say like, you know, for every four decibels of volume that comes in, it only lets one out. So it, so you get the power and the feeling of someone without a big volume shift. So it sounds more intense, even though, you know, the voice isn't going to like stick out out of the mix. That's what a compressors use. But when you, when you fucking nail it hard, you, it sounds crispy and I love it. It just, it gives her this like, mm, just this, it's almost, if you listen to, so one of my favorite albums is uh young gifted and black is an Aretha Franklin um, album. So good. If you haven't heard it, fucking listen to it. She it's like the compress it's 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 an old album it's, it's recorded in the 60s she they you know they only have a certain amount of equipment that in in that time and she's using a physical compressor and she is like nailing the fuck out of it because she's just got such a powerful voice and it's that sound like you just get a lot it reminds me of that that soul sound like it just just because of just the way that her voice is recorded it's this cool little throwback for me of like an earlier time it's almost that r&b sound um, I love it. And also it's so sparse. Like if you listen, the drums on this are just, it's just, it's mostly just a kick and a snare with, with a, with like this hi hat that's closing on it and her guitar and a bass and her beautiful voice. It's like, I feel a, like that's so like her, simple. That's her like signature. It is like the, like the simplicity. Yes. That like that crispness of her sound, but then she does different things with the songs that make it sound unique, but she definitely has her own. Like, like I said before, like you definitely know it's like a feist song. You do. Yeah, I love what she does. This is the second verse where, so the, um, I'm just going to grab my guitar. The main verse is going like this. It's basically. But the guitar doesn't do that in the second verse. It does something different. She changes it to go. While this piano does its da na 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 here I'll play it for you. Guitar. Here we go. She just changes it up from the main thing. So it's like these little details that like that she just fits in there. And she's playing guitar. So she does, she like, she wrote, she wrote the entire guitar thing and she's just like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do the same, like the same fucking thing in the second verse. I'm just going to change it up and make that little do, 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 do in the piano. Like that swell little cool piano thing. I love that stuff. Did that you want to say something? Piano sound reminds me a little bit of Breathe Me by Sia. I don't know that one. Um, it's the, they played the very, very, very end of uh, Six Feet Under. It's where I, it's where I kind of heard Sia for the first time. It's a song called Breathe Me, but it sounds a little, that piano does sound a little bit, a little like that. Like a meet and, uh, Is it like in the beginning of the song? I don't know where it is, but it's just kind of like the song itself, but. Oh, I know this one. I don't know why it made me think of that, but. Maybe it's a song. Oh, it's this, uh, nah, 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 as the piano's happening. It's the same this, thing. This, by the way, is maybe the prettiest song I've ever heard in my life. It's very I, pretty. I, I love this song so much. That's a great vocal recording, too. It sounds beautiful. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it just made me think of that song for some reason. That's a good song. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Um, 
Yeah, there's just so much like awesome detail in Feist too. You could tell. I say this probably all the time. We only have 12 notes to work with. That's it. That's all we have. And so it's just about where we're going to place them in time and how we stack them horizontally that makes it interesting. And so it's, you you know, it, you she could have just played the same fucking chords over and over and over, and it would have been fine, but it's just that little extra detail yeah. of what she did in that second verse. The other thing she does is she fucks with you time-wise and where you experience home. And that's the other thing, too. She puts you off balance. The way she starts the song, so it's, there's this phrase. It's the phrase is... That's the phrase that loops, but she doesn't start there. The, the, the beginning of the phrase is that chord. It's that, uh, that B minor, but she starts the song on the D in the middle of the phrase. This is how it starts. So you don't know, you don't know that D is the beginning. You don't know, you, or that's not the beginning. You don't know that, that the B is the beginning, right? She starts halfway through that um that phrase yeah and so then it takes you a minute to like calibrate where home is and the other fucked up part of it that's so amazing is that d should be home that should be home it's this is the it's the key of d it's d major and when you play it like you're like oh that feels right but that does not feel right that right. feels the resolve feels here yeah yeah right but the phrase starts on that b minor that unresolve so that's like that puts you off balance too i love that it's just she just, it's just like a little bit of a, uh, of like a tension and a, and a resolution that's not quite in order. And it's, su- I, I it's super it. smart music too. Like you're, super just, you're like, oh, this is like, there's, there's a lot here. You yeah. Know? And like even the video we talked about like for like 10 minutes, you know, but it's just like, but it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot more depth and a lot more like Matt mentioned, you know, the, where the, you know, what notes the song starting on yeah, or, yeah. or just even how the song sounds. So many different levels in like a, a typical like the pop song you typically cover on the show. Exactly. Like there's just so much more to this song. And, and like if you haven't listened to her, I know she's you know she doesn't her newer stuff doesn't really resonate. As this much. album's great though. Listen to it. Yeah. And yeah. The one before that is actually pretty good too. I know I've heard it, but I'm not. Um, as familiar. Has, that has Mushabum on it, Mushabum, which is kind yeah. of what elevated her in like alternative music yeah. spheres. Um, but uh, and the song and the album after this isn't terrible either. But this one is. It, I would start with this one. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it. I, I knew we wouldn't probably ever hit Feist no. again. So I was like, we got, you know, yeah, we, we have great, to do it. I'd love to talk about really it. Really good song. Um, I give this song a B plus high B plus. I put this song and the movie in the same category, both really good. Uh, just not quite great for me, but both really, really good. And it's really fun for me to revisit these. It's an A song. It may hit my top five. Wow. I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Barbara and I cover it too. So she'll sing it and I sing like the harmony lines. Below. Oh, okay. It's uh, like that descended light, the who will be the one. It's so pretty. I mean, I, it's uh, this whole thing is great. So really good. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that's it. For yeah. Most. So I want to talk about a little bit like what I've been doing the last week. Uh, what the fuck have you been doing? So besides a, being a degenerate gambler. Some, oh, yeah. I have a lot of best, <laughs> a lot of best Super Bowl. A lot, a lot of action for, for next week for sure. Yeah. Um, no. So, so we got, the, we got the PlayStation 5 a month ago. Yep. Playing Madden for a while with my Jets. Uh, that was fun. And, but then I got this game. This game's called NBA 2K21, whatever. It's, it, basically, it's a basketball yeah. video game, okay? But there's an element where you can be a GM. Right. I've waited my whole, like, almost like the last 30 years for a really good basketball sim. Because I think being a basketball GM is really interesting because you have the NBA draft lottery, and you have right. um, this different level, there's different parts of being a basketball NBA GM that are not any other sport. And there's a, there's a salary cap, but there's also like right. all these weird trade, like trade things. The CBA is really complicated. And it's like, right. You have to like, you can sign more if you, if you work, if you're, 
already a member of the team, you can get an extra year, right? Right. All sorts so of Bird, weird shit. Larry Bird, right? Yeah. Right. Yes, there's a lot of like really weird quirky NBA kind of rules that aren't really in any other game. Yep. Um, so I was really excited to do, do that. So uh, as we mentioned before in the show, I'm, I'm obsessed with expansion yes. sports. So I so really, I can be an expansion. Like, dude, everything that I wanted in a game is in this. Like every time I'm like, does it have this? It does. And I'm super <laughs> nerdy about this stuff. So I created a expansion team. And this team now has completely overtaken like my my life. Like it's all I think about. You're not even talking on Twitter anymore. I'm like, where the fuck is Chris? I'm, this is where Chris is. Oh, I've been. Oh, yeah. So like, I am. So my team is the St. Louis Sound. Um, did you get to name it? I did not name it. So I, you could pick which they have like, like twelve pre-created expansion teams. Yeah, that you could you could be like, and like one was like the Virginia something something else something else. Or one was like the San Diego Surf something else something else. Um. I like the logo, but you could all, the other thing is you could also use somebody else's like, and it comes with a logo, uniforms, the whole thing. But there's people out there, these these kids, these creative kids that make their own logos and their own uniforms. Oh, fun! So you could go be like a team from Hawaii. You could be a team from anywhere. Like yeah. there's all these, you know. But I just stuck with the basics. For my first sure. one, I didn't want to like fuck anything up. So I picked the St. Louis Sound. Uh, I am so obsessed with this team. So <laughs> I believe very much that you are. You either want to be terrible. Or you want to be great. You never want to be like average or kind of no, bad. no, no, no. Because it helps the draft and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna. It's called tanking. And there's a um a GM of the Philadelphia 76ers named Sam Hankey, and he had a thing called trust the process. Did you yes, know about this? Yes, yes. Yeah. So like in like the I don't know for about four or five years, he like, he lost games. Kind of he put together rosters that weren't competitive, mm. in the hopes that they would get a bunch of draft picks, which I love. I love that idea. I think it's a great idea. Houston Astros kind of the same thing in baseball, and they won a World Series. Yeah. And the Philadelphia 76ers, I think, would have done better, but the uh, NBA forced, basically forced the Sixers to fire him or take away his power, and then he quit, um, which is really sad. Because they're like, you can't just keep losing. Yeah, over, yeah like, this is ridiculous. NBA, NBA really put pressure on the Sixers' ownership because they felt they weren't being competitive, and they were really giving them a hard time. Well, it time. makes sense. I mean, you got TV rights and shit. They, this is what they said. But it doesn't make sense because they're playing with the rules of the game. Oh, I, I 100% agree. I can see the weirdest incentive structures there that would make them want to fire this guy. Yes. Now, the NBA has what's called a draft lottery. So if you're not a NBA fan, uh, what that means is when it first came out, it came out because Patrick Ewing was coming out of college, and they were afraid that teams would lose on purpose to get the first pick. Oh, how, yeah. how it works is the wor- team with the worst record gets the first pick, typically, yep. in every other sport, but NBA. I guess hockey this one now, too. Um, so everyone's afraid everyone's going to lose on purpose because Patrick Ewing is such a highly regarded prospect. And one... One person can really make or break a team for the NBA. NBA, right. More yeah. so than any other any sport. sport. Right. Even yeah. a quarterback doesn't have as much, let's like a Michael Jordan. Like, right. one player makes more of an impact with NBA than anywhere. Right. So, um, they're like, all right, we'll have a lottery. So, anyone who doesn't make the playoffs has an equal share to potentially get Patrick Ewing. So, it hopefully gave someone incentive. In fact, the worst thing probably could be that if that year would be like the, uh, the team that just sneaks into the playoffs. Right. Because chances are you're going to get blown out by the number one seed and now you don't have a chance to get doing. So they had their lottery and the Knicks won. Everyone screamed foul. Everyone thought the Knicks, it's rigged because a New York team got them, uh, which I don't think it's rigged, but whatever. There's still, whatever. So uh, eventually as it went on, uh, the bad teams complained and they changed the odd structure. So the worst, te- the worse you are, you get more what's called ping pong balls. Yep. And if you are a team that just misses the playoffs, you might only get a couple ping pong balls. Right. But if you're a team that misses it by a mile, then you get 400. Right. Uh, and then depending on where you fall in the middle, you get your uh, allotted amount. So I, I want to be terrible. So my first year, I St. Louis down. I went, I went 22 and 60, which actually 
He's That's just, not that bad. You, know, you see some teams like in the single digits, and then you're like, this yeah, it's only happened a couple times. The Sixers had yeah, nine wins. Yeah, right. and as an expansion team, actually 22 wins would have been the most tied for most ever, wow. um, except for that I had, because when I joined the league, uh, another team also joined, and they actually made the playoffs. Uh, I did not. Oh, wow, yeah. So, well, on purpose. But the good news was, though, I made some pretty shrewd deals, and I made a trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Who'd you get? I got draft picks, and, I oh, got, okay. and they ended up having the worst record. And nice. I had the second worst. So I had the, I had the one and two uh, chances. Best chances of getting right. the number one, one and pick. two. Right. And so the other cool thing about this is you can uh, import old draft classes. So I'm a big sports history nerd. So I'm starting in 1976 with the draft classes. So my, my roster is modern. But each rookie that comes in is from this year at 76, the next year at 77. So it's almost like a version 2.0 of these yes. players. So that draft had a guy named Adrian Dantley and a guy named Alex English. Also had Robert Parrish and yeah. Dennis Johnson. Yep. English and Dantley really were better players. I mean, we know of Parrish and Dennis Johnson because we're in New England. And, but yeah. Par- but especially coming out of school, it took Parrish a while to get good. It took Johnson a while to get good. Johnson also is a little bit, he's in the Hall of Fame, but if he didn't play for Celtics, he wouldn't have been. Yeah. You know, got a little Larry Bird boost there. Of course. Um, but uh, Dantley and English are both in the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, and they're both great scorers. So I really want to get one of those two guys. Yeah. I had the one and two. NBA lottery because that I get fucking three and five. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> That's oh, I, amazing. I, so I'm um, this lot. I mean, the lottery takes place at the real lottery. Like it takes time. Oh so no! Opens the envelope. It takes like three hours. There, there's like commentary what? about the picks. I am like I, I'm so excited. I'm so I'm so nervous. I'm standing up at my TV. I'm screaming at the TV like a maniac. I'm just like pacing around my living room. Yes. And the five envelope comes up and it's St. Louis Town. I'm like, are you? Fu-? But I still had the other one. <sighs> fucking three. So I ended up with Parrish and Dennis Johnson, which, all right, fine. That's fine. It, it is. I really want a big score. I get it. All right. So year two comes in. So now the 77 draft is going to have uh, Bernard King, who's a, a pretty good player. Pretty good player. The next draft has Larry Bird. Yeah. And the next draft has Magic Johnson. Right. So I'm really trying to you get as many picks two, as yeah. I can for those. So I'm like, but how long do I want to stay bad? I don't want to piss off the St. Louis people. Well, so I started my second year. I'm two and 22 <laughs> way worse than I wanted to be. Yes. I'm like, I'm re- This team is fucking, I have Al Horford. He's in the last year. He's <sighs> fucking awful, dude. Now he's yeah. old. He's washed. Yeah, he's, he's terrible, washed. dude. Yeah. It's so bad. I'm trying so hard to, uh, to be competitive with, with this, with this team. Um, or at least not competitive, but at least, at least get like five. I want to have like, cause the next worst team has five wins. At least I want to have four. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's all I think about dude, is, is my St. Louis sound. Like I have, what? I have a coach. I have a train. I have like, I hire all these guys. It it is is completely overtaken my life. So it's a lot of fun when you're playing the games too, right? I do not play the games. Yeah, you don't. So I sit in the game. So, but it's cool that you can see. It's it's actually not cool at all. It's the opposite of cool. (laughs) It's fun for me. Is what happens is right. (laughs) So I'm looking at the screen, right, and it it simply just says the score. So it's like two, four. Oh, oh, and you just just see this. Oh, rapid fire. Yeah, it's like really fast. So each quarter probably takes like. I don't know, 30 seconds. Yeah. So maybe the whole game is like maybe two minutes at most, probably even less than that. It happens like lightning fast, but I can slow the simulation. So if it ha- and so I stop at halftime and I check my stats. Yep. And then I, if I, uh, if it's the fourth quarter, it's close. I slow the sim down way low, but oh, it just makes the numbers go slower. Yeah. Cause then I just get excited with it. You know, my team's <laughs> winning or something. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't play any games. I, I get to see any of my, no, I've never seen a single player actually play, but it keeps track of all the, like the records. So I have like my game records. Yes. Um, could you actually watch a game if you wanted to? So it's they have like another mode where you could like you can jump in and play at any time. 
But I don't, you don't want to do it. Also, I, I think I, I never played this game for my life. I'd be terrible, I imagine. Probably. But, most, but you're trying to take anyway. Most people you play this game to actually play it. Yeah. Like regular people, like they actually like, play against their friends and stuff, and they play like, you know, I am LeBron James. Or, like, so I think for me to jump in, I would be, I, my team, my team's already terrible. It'd be even worse somehow. If it's even possible. But you're trying to get more picks. Yeah, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't rig it. I, I feel like that's rigging it. So I, I don't, um, I'm completely, I, I'm, you're not, you're off I'm strictly a GM. A GM wouldn't jump in and play. It doesn't make any sense. That's true. You make a you make a valid point. So I am I am the GM, but I uh, yeah I have it's it's very it, dude. It is completely overtaken. It's all I think about is the St. Louis Sound. I love my team so much. <laughs> I'm really nervous. They're gonna, like the owner might fire me or something. Though I don't even know that's possible. <laughs> you, yes, I'd be devastated. That would be tough well, because then you got to watch him from afar. Your baby, it's you going to take, take time. Like it's going to take time for you to maybe get Bird or get. What if I lose out? Because it's it's Bird Magic. And the next draft is Mikhail. Ooh. Imagine if I could bring back the big three. I would perish. Be awesome. That'd be awesome, right? That'd be awesome. Two point Yes. Yeah, dude. It is. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's. 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 It's really. It's completely. You got years. You got years. It's forever. It's gonna be forever. I hope so. I. I would play. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to go through all the drafts. Yeah. Like until modern. So then you, you hit LeBron two point or whatever. You hit like whatever. Um, but yeah, so like Carmelo retired. Well, what do you do about that? When if can you have LeBron and LeBron in the league at the same? Well, they time? wouldn't. It would be like thirty five years later, or whatever, or forty years later. I guess you could. I thought you were playing modern times, but you're bringing in the draft. But, but LeBron, LeBron is going to retire in five oh, years. Oh, I see, I see. He, oh, I see. He would right. range the, um, That's why I did 77, because he, would, he wouldn't run into yeah, that Yeah, you wouldn't have that crossover. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, anyone. Right. So, I didn't. Okay. I, yeah, cool. far, I just far back enough where it wouldn't it wouldn't hit me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah that would be, be fun if you had LeBron in the big, against the big three. But he'd be, he'd be so old at that point. I, I guess he would, he, be. he would be. Yeah, he would uh, be. But Carmelo just retired. Right. And it was so cool the game, but so accurate, or so... I don't like, I say, like, guys don't mean details. So he retired. Uh, I guess he's going to make the Hall of Fame, but he retired. The, the Nuggets retired his number. I'm like, this is great. It's the greatest thing ever. I love this. I'm, I'm all in. Oh my God. I'm like, I, I'm really good at cap space. So if right free agent pops are, in, yes. I'm ready to like jump on him. That's why I have Horford because his deal is at the end of the year. Yeah. I trade to get him. I'm like, all right, well, I got to, I bought you got to pay him. Pick but, with, they gave, cause the team didn't want him. You know, they're like, we hate Al no, Horford, yeah, you know? of course. So they, uh, they gave me a pick with him. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah, so I got a pick and then, Aspiring contract, yeah. Right, and I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, that's good. I prefer to play the game. So I I, I can't remember. Maybe it was MLB 2K7 or 8 or something was the last one that I had. Okay. And I would just play, I would play yeah. the entire season, which I, I really liked that's doing. That's pretty good. 162 yeah. games, that's a long. That's, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a lot. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, but I'd, I'd prefer to do that instead of the GM stuff. The, the, the numbers are fun, the play, too. Like, I play Madden, but like, Eventually, like you get good and you win, or then you have to go to like different like difficulty level, and then it gets too hard, and you're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, like, not, like, and like, what does it mean? Like, I, I just beat this one, but now like I already won the Super Bowl, but now I didn't. I don't know, it just all seems muddy to me. I think like I like when it's all one. I've created um like my own like I like what I imagine what the crowd must say. So uh, like like you know Bernard King is the guy coming out yes. of the draft. So I imagine after every every loss, the crowd sarcastically says, "King me." <laughs> Yes, probably. <laughs> so I'm thinking all these thoughts, you know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's all I think about. Ah, I'm glad. Yeah. Guess you do the winter months. That's it. You know, football's almost over, so I think it's part of it too. Is like I don't have any more NFL to look forward to. Right, this is the perfect so timing. Like, I now I'm for something. My obsessive brain is like, what do I focus on now? And now yeah. it's, it's this this insane game. Now I've created this whole world of uh, this universe of people. I, I might yeah. be a better place to live. Oh, this place is. I think would be amazing. Yeah, I'd go. I would love to be a St. Louis Sound fan. Fan. Yeah, that would be cool. Yes. Yeah. Go sound. Go sound. I'm rooting for him and you. Oh, thank you. I hope other people are too. I'll keep you guys updated. Yeah, let us know how they do. Year two, not not you know two and twenty two. Probably not a great start. 
No, but I but I gotta my coach is all A pluses. So I'm, I don't want to fire him. Like he's supposed to be a great coach. It's I not I his fault. It's not his fault. My team's oh, dude. My team doesn't just lose. They lose by like 30, 20 points Ooh. every game. They're terrible, dude. They're so bad. Can you decide who plays? Can you like? Yeah, I, I lot minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Because maybe you should just let the rookies play at this point. Uh, well, Paris got hurry out out for four weeks. Fuck. That's another reason I'm two and twenty two. He's coming back soon though. Okay, he'll he'll help things out. Yeah, he'll help things. That'll 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 uh, create some excitement, some buzz in your. Uh, in your I community. hope. That's, I'm worried the fans are gonna. The, I think because of an expansion team, they're still excited. Yes, but I, I'm. I'm no, really, I keep checking. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, can't go on forever. Right. I know. I'm nervous. I keep having um. You you get signed sponsors. My favorite sponsor is Ruffles, the potato chips. I love these guys, and uh, they uh, they hosted a bobblehead night. Yeah. A bobblehead night. You can have bobblehead. Of Robert Parrish or had, of what? A t-shirt. Oh, I, I imagine it's the players. So like, oh, the, you don't you don't get to know who. No, I wish. Maybe that nice, would be better. That'd be a cool version. Yeah. Like last year, I would have had. Yeah, I would have had a different player, and this year I would have had. I probably had Parrish this year. Yeah. I'm really trying to get Might him well. going. You know, get people excited about Chiefs. This is good. Okay. Anything else with the? Uh, so we are back with our first fan, Justin Jones. Yes, is, is our uh, pick. The, pick the week. We are back with uh, with Spaceballs on Wednesday. I think it's going to be a uh, eighty-seven. We haven't hit that year yet. 20, yeah, it's a big the year. only year in the eighties. Oh no, that's not true. It's the only year from eighty-two to like ninety to like oh four. We haven't hit or something like that. Oh yeah, okay. we hit every year nineties already. Yep, and, and we've hit every year except for eighty and eighty-one. Right on. Yeah, I'm excited for Spaceballs. Haven't seen it forever. I haven't seen any movies forever in for a long time. It's Spaceballs. What do we see? Dragon. I haven't seen that in forever. Haven't seen. It. I used to see it all the time on HBO. And what's the movie we're doing? Uh, it's um, Predator. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, that's probably the one I've seen most recently. But I haven't seen that in a, in a while either. All these movies are so quotable. Like Spaceballs and Dragon are so quotable for me because they were oh, always on HBO. Predator was on. Oh, Predator was always on. HBO. That's true too. Yeah, Dragon was on HBO so much. So much. Like a, like a ridiculous amount. Yeah, that's probably like how I best think of tom hanks actually because how <laughs> often a, I this part of me that always Pep looks back see i'm kind of like that too but with uh, the money pit yeah that was on a lot too oh, but, always on but i think uh dragon is just more interesting like as if you're a kid it's a little I more money, pit better. money pit's funny yeah but it's just a little more zany i think and i, I like money pit so i uh, the part of me that always has like when i think back to well, tom, Ackroyd too tom, i had like such love for Ackroyd because of ghostbusters, ghostbusters. And, yeah 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 so that, that really worked well, that's what we're doing for the Patreon show. These guys. Yep. But we are back on Wednesday with Spaceballs. See ya. See ya.